Hey, what's up? Happy New Year's. Welcome to today's video. Today we're going to discuss why, very simply, why Bitcoin could hit a million dollars per Bitcoin. We're going to share the theory and it really doesn't have to be that complex. It doesn't have to be because we're looking at charts. We're just going to talk about the value proposition Bitcoin gives versus its competition. We're going to talk about what happened in 2018, how big the cryptosphere grew. Um, we got some predictions that we haven't seen the bottom. We're not, we haven't capitulated fully yet um, and that we will go sideways in 2019. Also, we have backed being delayed again. What a joke, says Alex Kruger. Um, even though they raised $182 million, there still, still looks like it's going to take some time for them to actually launch. We also have the co-founder of Stellar, one of the largest cryptocurrencies, also a co-founder of Mt. Gox saying that 90% of crypto projects are BS. Also, we have something that really piqued my curiosity today, um, We're going, which is about fake adult content videos that are being weaponized to harass and humiliate people. So basically, technology allows people to put a face on someone um, from just based on pictures, and then you can make a video that's very convincing that looks like someone is doing something, even though it's not really them. So, wow, man, technology is improving and improving. And as always, it has good things and it has bad things. And we're going to share uh, both of these. So, yeah, let's get started. Happy New Year's. What did you do yesterday? Let me know. I was just spending time with friends. Nothing too fancy. Just having a chill, um, um, you know, New Year's celebration. It was fun. I was um, actually in the backpacker area in Bangkok. So a lot of tourists just getting drunk, getting really happy. Um, it was pretty fun. We had a singer that was singing like Bob Marley songs, like a hipster Thai guy. It was awesome. So yeah, today the market is going sideways. I can see here Bitcoin is down 2% at $3,747. XRP at 35.5 cents, Ethereum 134 bucks. Yeah, nothing too much to say right now. It looks like we're just going a little bit sideways after the massive dump that we had a few months ago. Just two months ago, actually. <clears throat> and um, a lot of smart people are predicting that we're going to continue going down. Uh, many chartists view Bitcoin as head and shoulders bottom. I am not among them, says Peter Brandt. Higher probability is the bear market is not over. And then he shows here his chart. I definitely agree with him, but I'm still hodling at these levels just because it's so low. Uh, also, the S&P 500, the Dow and NASDAQ 100 ETFs, have the first down year since 2008. As you can see here, ooh, my, is this the beginning of something different, right? All these threats about the stock market are looming. Um, also backed being delayed, man, what a joke. These guys could change their communication strategy and do what Justin Sun does, announcements of announcements. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It looks like this time also when they delayed it, they said that they're going to announce uh, in January or in the first quarter in Q1, in the next three months, they're going to announce um, when they're going to actually launch. So it doesn't necessarily mean it will be in Q1 in the next three months. So it's just a big question mark. And I'm guessing it will be sometime in the next six months, but we don't know when yet. So we're waiting for bucks, but I'm kind of chilling. I'm kind of enjoying this until buck comes. I mean, it's not necessary either way. It will be great, but the space is improving regardless. I mean, just the Lightning Network is awesome. Uh, Joseph Young saying back raised $182 million from Microsoft Venture Capital Arm, Nespers, and other big investment companies. Large financial institutions are betting big on institutional products supporting Bitcoin. NASDAQ and Fidelity invested $27.5 million in Eris X this month. 
yeah, definitely big moves. Now, I'd like to quickly discuss why Bitcoin can hit a million dollars per Bitcoin in the future. So right now, it's 3,700 bucks per Bitcoin. So to hit a million, we roughly need to 280x from here. Now, the thing is, what is Bitcoin competing with? Is it competing with Visa, with MasterCard? Is it competing with, um, you know, PayPal? The answer, no. It's not even competing specifically with the US dollar. Like Bitcoin, I'll say mostly, okay, let's say mostly it's competing with fiat uh, currencies all around the world. And you could argue that Bitcoin provides a better product, especially now with the Lightning Network that is starting to scale. You can see that Bitcoin is not only slow, but it can also be pretty fast if you use the layer two solutions. So theoretically speaking, Bitcoin looks like it's going to be a better product than fiat currencies as a daily currency. Right now, it's a better product as a store of value, but it's not a better product as um, a unit of account because it's very volatile and medium of exchange. It's not really a nice, it's not really convenient to transfer it. It's not really that easy. Using uh, cash and fiat currencies are much easier to the average person. But when you look at Bitcoin stats and you look at how it's improving and the people that are working on it, you see that <clears throat> you see that Bitcoin is improving fast. Um, a, good, a really great example of that is really the Lightning Network for Bitcoin. It's just scaling really fast. Um, you can see here Jameson loves sharing his commits and contributors on GitHub in 2018, excluding merges from upstream forks. It shows here how you can see the Bitcoin Core and Lightning Network both have the most contributions and the most uh, the most commits and the most contributors, right? No, you can see Geth for Ethereum. Ethereum Go has more contributors. Okay, cool. But you can see that together, the development on Bitcoin itself, Bitcoin Core and Bitcoin Lightning Network are the biggest, right? So you can see it's 3,274 commits and 194 uh, contributors for Bitcoin Core. And yeah, there's nothing that's similar. Yeah, and Monero has 2,000 commits. Again, this is a shallow way to measure it. It's not necessarily the amount of commits. It's the quality of them, but it does give you some idea. Um, also, um, he forgot to mention here uh, EOS. He says, uh, someone said here that EOS had almost 10,000 commits and has 174 contributors. It's pretty impressive. And then he's like, why you don't leave it out? Why you left it out? And then he says, look, I didn't have enough place in my tweet. So yeah, interesting. Good to see a lot of development happening in the space. So yeah, what I'm saying in my original point is fiat currency right now, the, he says here, the addressable market for the global money supply is over $80 trillion right? Combine large market opportunity with the potential for numerous governments to be brought to their knees. And you have something so powerful that is actually widely underestimated. This is uh, written by Pump. Disruption is historically painful for the incumbents and there is no reason to believe Bitcoin would be any different. So even if Bitcoin takes only a third of this market, if Bitcoin only takes $27 trillion, that is enough for Bitcoin to hit a million dollars per one Bitcoin. So that is definitely possible. I mean, if Bitcoin just takes a third of this market, we get a hit like $1 million per single Bitcoin, which is crazy. And if it takes 10% of that, then it can hit like what? Like $400,000 per Bitcoin, something like that. And if it takes 5% of that, it can hit $200,000 per Bitcoin. So obviously the potential is really high. And I would argue that every day the Bitcoin continues to grow without having issues. It's progressing towards this target. Um, yeah, it just, I saw a funny tweet. Um, AVB saying that in 2015, it's like we said Paycoin will flip in Bitcoin. In 2016, we said Litecoin will flip in Bitcoin. 2017, we said it will be Ethereum. In 2018, we said it will be Ripple. In 2019, we said it's, it'll be EOS. 
And then in 2022, what really happens is the Bitcoin flippens the US dollar, right? Now, obviously, it's exaggerating and I don't expect it to grow this fast. But still, um, oh, just caught a mosquito. Cool. Um, but still, it could happen. Like Bitcoin really is in competition with the US dollar and um, it's the early days. But Bitcoin is right now getting prepared to tackle on that challenge. So yeah, definitely could happen in our lifetime to see Bitcoin hit a million bucks. Also, uh, Nick says here, one year ago, Lightning Network was pre-beta. Think about network effects we have garnered in a few months. The pace of Lightning innovation is exponential, even relative to Bitcoin base layer. Bidirectional payment channels do not require network consensus. Developers are moving fast. Yeah, it's just growing very, very fast. Also, the co-founder of Stellar uh, says that 90% of projects are BS. Nothing too new here. Um, let me see here. It says things like Tron, it's just garbage. And uh, he thinks that 90% of them are unnecessary. And yeah, Stellar, to be honest, it, it looks similar to Ripple. It looks very similar to Ripple to me. It's different, but it's similar at the same time. Um, skeptical about the token utility value. But um, it's a cool company, it's a cool project, but I don't know how much I'm bullish on the token itself. Also, Cyberpunk, Jameson Lupp, saying that Bitcoin could revolutionize governments, which it definitely could. He says, I believe that Bitcoin is a very interesting experiment that if successful in the long run, could not only revolutionize money, but could revolution revolutionize how we think about governance. Um, the first step, I think, is Bitcoin. And if that's successful enough, then we can start talking about the next step. Cool. Also, we got David Puel with his predictions for 2019. He says most predictions will be wrong. So you can basically counter trade most predict predictions. Crypto Twitter will continue to be both heaven and hell on earth. Final capitulation, then sideways market till a breakout around at the last quarter this year in 2019. Only if no black swan occurs. Happy New Year, everyone. Cool. So, yeah, I kind of agree with him. Um, the most predictions will be wrong. Definitely. Looks like it was right in 2018. And at the final capitulation in sideways market, yeah, looks like we're going to just have a repeat of what happened in 2015, which is just going sideways. So he's basically predicting that we'll repeat 2015. So I'll show you what happened in 2015. It was here, January 2015. You see, let me zoom in on this year. Boom, we started pretty much here. So you see, we just went sideways, right? And then, um, and then in the last quarter, we had a big bull run, like a mini bull run that signified, you see here a lot of volume that signified kind of like the end of the bear market and the start of the bull market. So he's just predicting we'll repeat that. I kind of tend to agree with him on this, but we shall see. Also, um, Proof of Keys by Trace Mayer is approaching, uh, which is a great initiative. It's in two days on January the 3rd. And um, the thing is that right now, crypto exchanges, uh, we got hit BTC, which is a very shady exchange. Um, just restricted someone's account. Um, he passed KYC and granted verified status, and still they do not let him withdraw his cryptocurrencies. Withdrawals are temporarily disabled on your account, blah, blah, blah. So he has a couple of Bitcoins there, he said, and he's probably, yeah, he, he didn't learn from his lesson. I mean, HitBTC restricted his account before, and then it took him months to sending 40 plus emails, and then they unfroze his account. And then he kept trading there. I mean, dude, like they, they screwed you over once, like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? So 
He didn't learn from his mistake. But yeah, with exchanges right now, especially with proof of keys approaching, I would be careful about storing money on crypto exchanges because what's going to happen if a lot of people on January 3rd are going to withdraw all their cryptocurrencies at the same time and those exchanges don't have enough liquidity or they don't actually store these coins, what's actually going to happen, right? It's kind of like if everyone go to the bank and they're going to withdraw all their money at the same time. A lot of banks don't have enough of that money. So you got to be careful with that because you never know what these exchanges are actually doing with your money and not your keys, not your Bitcoin, right? Definitely holds true. So just be careful with that. Also, uh, Larry Cermak uh, saying here, uh, just listing all of the bad price predictions that we had in 2018 for Bitcoin and just how everyone were ridiculously wrong. And if you just counter traded the average uh, prediction, you would have done extremely, extremely well. Please stop irresponsibly predicting crypto prices. But it's so much fun, man. I mean, why? Why not? So basically, we got a bunch of people saying that Bitcoin will hit $100,000, $28,000, um, between five dollars to $60,000, $75,000, uh, $6,000 and $60,000, $100,000, $25,000. Everybody were just completely wrong by like a ballpark, right? The only person that was um, the most correct um, call was pretty much toward the master saying cool down period may be required to recover from the parabolic rise of Bitcoin and other crypto assets. So yeah, he didn't even predict uh, the price. Um, he just said that he thinks it's it's going to um, bottom. And also we had Tony Vase. I don't know. Oh, he made in February 9th. So Bitcoin was at around 6,000 bucks, I think back then. He says Bitcoin may fall to $1,300 before rocketing to $20,000, not time specific. Okay, we'll see. Cool, crazy how many of them were wrong. Also, the CEO of Bacts says, notably, 2018 was the most active year for crypto in its brief 10-year history. So this is very misleading because you look at the price and you look at it and it's down, but then you look at the fundamentals, the fundamentals keep improving, right? So here's the CEO, someone who's an insider who has a really a lot of access to what's happening in the space, saying that um, things are just improving for Bitcoin um, and crypto in 2018. He says, um, as well as by blockchain network metrics such as daily Bitcoin transaction value and active addresses. Yet these milestones tend to be overshadowed by the price. Moving forward, Murad Mahmoudov criticizing as centralized stablecoins. He says, this is why centralized stablecoins are complete trash and will never go big outside of niche use. By comparison, Tether is a gift, though its size is also probably fundamentally capped. I will always pick a decentralization and censorship resistance and in favor of price stability. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of uncertain things about stablecoins, some risk to it for sure. Also, we have two threads here, again, criticizing Ethereum. Um, so we got Hastu saying that it's a great thread on why rich statefulness in Ethereum on the base layer is a terrible idea. I increasingly consider even base layer privacy like Monero to be unfeasible for this reason. Their cost of verification is simply too high. So I'll give you a summary of this thread. Basically, he says that Ethereum is trying to do really complex things, you know, by having smart contracts and monitoring the state of everything like smart contracts on their blockchain. And as such, it is just very unscalable and it is very heavy. And Hugo says that even if you use sharding, it still doesn't completely solve the problem. So he has some concerns about Ethereum. And I'm like, look, I think Ethereum is an awesome project. I think it will manage to find a way to scale in the future. But I think that right now they still need to focus on a way to solve it. So I think that those criticisms are good for Ethereum and they're going to make it stronger in the long term. 
He says Ethereum problems are even more serious if you consider that Bitcoin, despite it being extremely conservative towards the type of data and growth of data, still has a very real chance of failure. In my honest opinion, Bitcoin is very much still an experiment. Okay, he says pinning all hope on shorting as the magical cure-all typifies Ethereum's attitude towards engineering hopium. Wow, pretty intense criticism, right? So, yeah, we'll see. A lot of things are happening for the first time in history right now. Um, we're seeing it with cryptocurrencies. And as such, we're going to see a few successes and big failures, a lot of failures. But the successes will be far more like positive than the failures will be negative. It's going to be much more overall positive outlook, positive result. Also, we got Devil's Compiler saying, the more I look into Ethereum, the more convinced I am that nobody looked at product market fit. Everyone seemed to take it for granted. Most popular examples were obviously wrong. Costs were never considered. Nobody looked into hardware scaling bottlenecks. Um, yeah, it says, so state, stateful scripts do not allow fully parallelizable verification for block because due to race conditions, two transactions in the same block may result in reads writes from the same contract storage in ways that cannot be predicted from static analysis. Okay, this is pretty technical, but you guys get the idea. Um, still some issues with Ethereum. And look, Vitalik is really smart. I look forward to seeing him solve these issues, but those issues still need to be voiced. Also, Hugo's, another Hugo here says, while well, Lightning Network continues to be developed with new resources such as CASA HODL full node, um, Power Nodes launcher by Fia Rochard, and Jack Muller's Zap Wallet, and Joel Browser extension, the centralized layer 2 alternative decides to push off its launch once again, talking about Bucked here how you have different solutions that are improving for Lightning Network, but for Bakht, um, it's still not working out still. But I think it will come. It will definitely come. Also, let's talk about this fascinating article, man. Wow, I just, I'm surprised that we're already talking about this. So, you know, right now you can take a picture and you can Photoshop someone's face on it and you can make it look like they're, they're doing something. Like you could Photoshop your friend's face and put it on him, I don't know, standing on top of the Eiffel Tower or doing something shady, right? You can do that. But now technology is improving so much that you can take someone's face and put it on, an, on a person in a video and it looks like that face is still doing that thing. So it's really doing that thing even though it's not. So what happens is right now um, people are harassing and humiliating women and what they do is they take someone's um, face, like a person they know, and they put it on a video, on like an adult video, and it looks like that person is doing like is an adult actress or like doing like these videos, right? So now it raises a lot of concerns about what's really going to happen um, with this technology. And we're going to enter an age right now where you're not going to believe video footage. Like in a few years from now, when this will become very good, you're going to see the video footage of someone doing something and you're not going to know if it's really them or not. So for example, you see here on the left and on the right, you can see these are not, only one of them is Obama. So if you look at it, this is not Barack Obama, even though it looks like him. So the, you see the person on the right is not Barack Obama and the person on the left is the real Barack Obama talking. So it's like both of them, I mean, it's the person, but the footage on the right is fake. Someone put a face, a different face and made him, um, you can make him do like other things, right? So this technology is really, really um, uh, powerful. And I don't know how the world's going to look like moving forward, but we're just going to have to deal with the fact that video footage can now be faked pretty con convincingly. Also, exactly one year from today, I spent my new year at home on my computer waiting for Verge to release Wraith. Okay, so we got a blast from the past. So Mentor here, one year ago, he was waiting for Verge to release Wraith protocol so he can go to the moon. 
In case you're wondering, I did not go to the moon and the price took a trip to the garbage bin. Fun times. Happy New Year, crypto family. Yeah, just sobering a year, right? We, we learned what really is going to happen with cryptos. Um, let me see what else. Also, the BitMEX insurance fund grew steadily in 2018. Look how this fund grew like huge, right? And now holds 0.12% of all Bitcoin, which is what, like 21,000 BTC or something like that for BitMEX insurance fund. They are making insane amounts of money. Wow, it's crazy, man. So many people lost so much money shorting or longing the market, just day trading, right? Also, we got Thomas Blummer here saying Bitcoin does not move like them. So he basically he computed and visualized at different assets. So he looked at um, the correlation of daily returns for FANG stocks. So you see here one to five, you know, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, which is the other one, Netflix. And um, so this is one to five. So you see they are very correlated, right? You see they move in about the same uh, rate. And then gold is six, right? You can see it's very different than FANG stocks. And then we got um, iShares, aggregate bonds, ETF, seven. So this is seven. And then Bitcoin is eight. Data ranges from 2015 until today. Fung are in lockstep. Bonds somewhat negative, just like gold. Bitcoin does not give a damn about it. So you can see Bitcoin number eight. You can see it's very uncorrelated to these um, stocks, which is good to show that Bitcoin is an uncorrelated asset class. It's pretty cool. And then people are criticizing it. Try it with weekly or monthly returns. There are a lot of issues with daily returns. So we'll see. But yeah, I think Bitcoin is in the future going to be uncorrelated. Right now, still not that sure. Also, Vitalik here has a crypto thread. Um, just talking, pra praising uh, people that he's grateful for or things that he would like to just slide in a positive note as we closed in 2018. Um, he says he wants to praise people that he doesn't normally praise, both inside and outside the crypto space. Um, and just spreading some positivity, you know. Um, yeah, national fiat currencies, he says, are look, they're not perfect, but they are good and they deserve credit for being stable. Um, he says uh, the governments of the world so far successfully maintained uh, a mostly peaceful and stable world under world order since 1945. Right. So that's good. Uh, the Trump administration is now supporting a seemingly totally sensible and needed criminal justice reform bill. And he says that even centralized applications like Twitter um, do a great job of being convenient and easy to use. And he talks here positively about religion, um, mainstream media, proof of work, Coindesk. So yeah, it, it's nice to see him kind of sharing his gratitude and his praise for random things. I like it. Also, um, uh, Orange Dog saying here with a blast from the past, saying one year ago, I've been in this game for just over a month being in crypto, right? A snapshot of attitude shift in December 31, 2017. He said, we're all going to be wealthy soon. In December 31, 2018. Holy crap. This is a long game. Accumulate, learn, huddle, patience and have a plan. We'll post again in one year. Also, Iran is declaring um, uh, Telegram crypto aspirations and act against national security. So Iran is doing some sort of censorship against Telegram. And um, let me see here. Uh, one of the most important factors in banning Telegram was a sense of serious economic threat from its activities, which was unfortunately marginalized and neglected due to the fuss in political atmosphere of the country. So basically now they're saying, um, uh, what did he say? A an act against national security. So it's just full of BS. And uh, yeah, just a shame to see them going against that. 
Let me see here. Uh, they refer to Telegram as an enemy of the private sector. Wow, cool, 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 cool. So yeah, guys, that's it for this video. Um, uh, if you guys would like to make money in 2019, but you're not sure how, you're not sure what path to take, I really recommend you guys consider learning smart contract programming. Right now, there are a lot of companies that are going into the space, like Vact, and they are looking to hire blockchain developers, and they will pay really high salaries for that. So anywhere from $85,000 to $145,000 a year for a smart contract developer that will help them integrate with cryptocurrencies, blockchain, Web 3.0. So I'm going to put a link in the description to a webinar that will show you even if you have zero experience, how you can get started as a programmer and eventually get a job as a developer. And I'm actually a developer. My first business was making Android apps. They got millions of downloads um, without a degree, without previous experience. And if I did it, you can do it too. Um, right now, the big trend is blockchain development. Um, back then, when I did it six years ago, it was Android apps. So now I recommend you definitely go into blockchain in crypto, which is what I'm doing myself with this channel, right? So yeah, check it out. I'll put the link below. And uh, much love, guys. Much love. I wish you a fantastic 2019. I hope you crush your goals. I hope that you learn to understand yourself better, achieve more inner peace. And um, yeah, love you. Okay? Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.